All right, join me if you would please in the book of Galatians chapter number three. If you would please, Galatians chapter number three. I think we ought to come to church thirsty. We might learn something from, from his word and I think that would be good tonight if we could do that. I'm going to begin reading in verse 24 of that chapter if it would be uh, convenient for you to turn there. <clears throat> Well, we we have launched into another year, twenty eighth year of the ministry here, and and I I sure appreciate a lot of you folks who's hung tight, stayed in there, stayed with us, and uh, thank you so very much. Be in prayer for our building program, and that we can expedite and get the thing going as it should. Remember last week. Uh, we talked about law and promise in the, the earlier part of the chapter. And we talked about Abraham and we talked about uh, Moses and we talked about the covenants, how that uh, the, the law which came after the Abrahamic covenant did not cancel Abraham's covenant with God. And that was a covenant of grace and uh, by faith. And now no one has ever been saved by keeping the law. Let me read for you just a couple of verses. Verse 24, if you would please, of chapter 3 of the book of Galatians. Now, and I want you to, I want you to learn something. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ <clears throat> that we might be justified by faith. <clears throat> I do not believe it's possible for anybody to be saved unless they realize they're lost. I believe in the Roman road. I believe in aggressive soul winning. But if we're not careful, we're going to get folk to say something just to get rid of us. You don't have any trouble getting anybody saved if you get them lost. (coughs) Pardon me. And the law was given, according to Romans, that sin might become exceedingly sinful. Unless we realize how short we have come. We will not know how much Christ has done. Now you understand that? If you wasn't such a bad sinner, then he is not a great savior. We're changing the words in our hymnals now. We're changing the words in our Bibles now. And we're changing all the words that we might realize we wasn't so bad after all. Uh, we are sinners and not worms. Worms such as I. And so uh, we must be careful in winning people to Christ. We must learn how to use the law of God to let somebody know how short they come. All have sinned and come 
short of the glory of God. Now, some of us don't think we were as short as others. We think that lying is just a little thing. The Bible said all liars shall be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. In the list in Revelation chapter 20 and 21, it puts in the same category liars and whoremongers, liars and murderers. Now I want you to know it took just as much grace and blood and sacrifice and agony and persecution to save a liar as it did a whoremonger, a reprobate, or a murderer. Uh, The problem of the night is we're not murderers. Literally. Figuratively, maybe we are. So the law was our schoolmaster to bring us to Jesus, to bring us to faith. Verse 25, but after that faith has come, we no longer are under a schoolmaster. Now, remember, this is written to Galatia local churches, not to you. This is written to the churches at Galatia, not the United States of America, in our hodgepodge of denominations. It was written to a group of churches started by one guy by the name of Paul who basically and initially believed the same thing. And he's writing these folk who are Jews, who are Gentiles, who are Gauls, who are from every walk of life. And he says to that crowd, verse 26, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And the Jews said, well, I don't know about that. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be... Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, if you wasn't here when we talked about the promise, you don't know what we're talking about. God promised Abraham that he'd bless him. And if you are a child of God by faith, then you become part of The blessings promised Abraham by faith. You are the children of God by faith. You say, well, I don't know about that. That's all right. God's blessed us so much we don't even know it. I'd like to make a statement now and kind of help you a little bit. All who have trusted in Christ are... Sons of God. Regardless of what I think. 
Now, if I was saying who's saved and who's not, there'd be a lot of folk in trouble. Because I judge from a limited amount of knowledge. Catch me now? I judge from a limited amount of knowledge. I looketh on the outside, God looketh on the inside. I know the outside ought to match the inside and the inside ought to match the outside. I'm trying, but sometimes it's difficult to get that to to kind of correspond. Is there anybody here like that? Of course, now, I'm probably not the only one that has problem in the area because somebody said, that which I would, I do not, and which I would not, that I do. Therefore, I find a law warring in my members, and I'm brought into captivity to sin. You know who said that? The Apostle Paul. Probably, at times, if we saw Paul, we'd probably say he wasn't saved. But here's the thing. Get off of your inferiority kick. It's not up to anybody. It's between you and God. It's between you and God. Well, these folks think, who cares what these folks think? You can't change what they think. You can't change what they do. You can't change what they say. Dear Lord, I'm glad that I didn't quit. The first time somebody said to me, that was a sorry sermon. Because they've been saying it for 40 years. And I said, stick around. Who knows? I may get lucky and I hate for you to miss it. (laughs) False religions in this world has one thing in common. They all want to bring you into bondage. Do this, do that, do this, do that. Can't do this, can't go there, can't think this. Blah, blah, blah. And every... False religion in this world has one common denominator. They want to bring you into bondage and their motivation is through fear, not love. Christianity, we serve God because we love him. He saved us because he loved us. He loved us when we were not lovable. And he forgave us when we would not forgive ourselves. Is that not so? And so every false cult and every religion for instance the the Muslims they're going to take over by force they're going to force you into their religion with an AK-47 I don't know what that was I'm just glad I could still do that in fact I didn't know I could do that jot that down Jim don't ask me ever do it again because I wouldn't know how to do it yeah you become a Muslim, I'll blow your brains out. And if you dare embrace another lynch, I'll blow your brains out. We're going to declare jihad. We're going to take over the world by force. And you're going to serve by fear. And if you don't serve, and if you even look in the, in the direction of another, another religion, we will persecute you and we will, we will absolutely kill you. Aren't you glad that Christianity is not a religion of fear? It's a religion of faith. It's a religion of love. It's a religion of grace. And I don't understand anybody in the world that does not know that. Notice if you would please 
I want to show you something in verse 26. Look at this. The Bible says, for ye are all the children of God. Wouldn't it be something if we just stopped right there? Now that's what everybody believes. All are the children of God. God created us all. We all came from God. So let's just kill babies. That's kind of a conflict, don't you think? If they come from God, who gives you the right to kill them? If God uh, authored, and if God is involved, then why in the world would you make yourself God? So they all are propagated now that we are all the children of God. But they do not read the rest of the verse. Would you like to read the rest of the verse? As Paul Harvard would say, now the rest of the story. By faith in Christ Jesus. You see, our accident that we are all children of God by creation. But we are not all the children of God by redemption. We are all the creation of God. But we're not all the recreation of God. God is our father uh, in a physical sense as to creation. But without, if you're not a child of God spiritually through faith, then you're not going to heaven. See, 1 John 3.10, would you like to turn there? You, You probably need to read this. Because it's kind of uh, plain and, you know, Baptist folks have been accused of being plain and dogmatic. I guess that's the reason we still use the King James. First John chapter 3, the Bible talks about being children. First John chapter number 3 and verse 10. Have you found it there? Let me read it for you. In this the children of God are manifest. And the children of the devil. Whoa. In this are the children of God manifest. Wouldn't it be something if that verse just stopped there? Now you knew that. And the children of the devil. Whosoever. Doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Whoa, that's tough. There's just some Christians I don't want to love. But I guess I better start learning how. See, I didn't write that, folks. I, I, I promise you, I did not write that. It kind of outdates me just a little bit. (laughs) Have you ever noticed there's a lot of God's word that just don't fit real well with we sinners? Well, preacher, you preach that to me? Uh, Well, I had a tough enough time when I was studying it. So, yes, I am. I'm kind of, you know, letting it run over. You know... This verse clearly teaches us that some are children of the devil 
and some of the children of God. And I just don't believe God's going to take any of the devil's kids home with him. You know what I'm talking about? And here is how you recognize a children of a child of the devil and child of God. The Bible is very plain. Let's look at John 8 and verse 44. I'd just like to, I could, I could quote it, but I think it'd probably mean a lot more if you knew where to find it. John eight forty four, please. I read for you, ye are of your father, the devil. Do you have a red letter Bible? What color is the print? That's indicative of who's doing the speaking. And Jesus is speaking to the religious crowd of his day. This looks, how would you like me to preach on that Sunday morning and preach on about half of you? Are the children of de- of the devil, and uh, the lust of your father ye will do. You know, I used to like a certain kind of music. I don't like it anymore. I, I really don't. Uh, I used to tell kind of questionable stories. I don't I don't tell them anymore. I, I don't even like to hear them. Uh, I'm not talking about dirty, filthy stories. I'm just talking about off-colored stories that you change the names to, to protect the guilty. They're not funny to me anymore. Language that I used to use would embarrass a sailor. It, it, it embarrasses me now. The places where I used to go. The things I used to do. I, I, don't, I don't even like going there. I don't even like thinking about it. The things I used to drink. Uh, I lost uh, appetite for that. I, I don't know why. Maybe when I got saved, there was more to it than just saying some words. Maybe there was a new nature that came with that. Maybe somebody moved out and somebody else moved in. Because something changed my taste buds from the inside out, not from the outside in. Do you understand that? And that's the difference in a child of God and a child of the devil. If any man be in Christ, you remember that verse? He is a brand new creation. Old things are passed away. 
You know, I don't understand how a child of God can look at the wrong kind of pictures. They're detestable to me. It's getting kind of quiet. Thank you. I'm glad the, I'm glad the boy's saying amen. <laughs> amen, little birds. Don't take him outside. That's the only noise we got in here, honey. Are you listening to me? You're talking about the sons of God. And verse 26 says, Now whether you're a Jew or whether you're a Gentile, whether you're a Gaul or whether you're Afro-American, uh, it does not make any difference in that church. The Bible said, ye are all the sons of God. And now he's describing something. In John eight forty four. Jesus said, you are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. When you tell a lie, you become cohorts with the author of a lie, the devil. You can never trust a person to lie to you. You know how you can find out if a Baptist lied to you? Loan him some money. Come on. Come on, just get a little money between you and the best friends you've got. And you'll see just how good of friends you are. Don't ever loan money to anybody in this church. Give it to them. That way you won't get mad when they don't give it back to you. Amen. A liar. You cannot trust a liar. Because when a liar lies, he becomes cohort with he who authored a lie. Jesus said, I am the way and the what? Truth. And the word became flesh. Dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. Full of grace and what? Truth. Jesus is the author of truth. Slewfoot is the author of a lie. How can can you tell the difference in the children of God and the children of the devil? The devil's crowd knows nothing about righteousness and right living and think nothing about doing that which is wrong. You say, you got anybody in mind? Yeah, I'm a sinner. Yeah. We're not for the grace of God. There's no telling how low I would go. If it were not for a commitment to the word of God and to the son of God and to God almighty, I could do anything in the world. Listen, uh, we're just uh, we're just family tonight. My pastor told me and I haven't had a pastor now in 40 some years. Nobody. But the one thing my pastor told me right after I got saved, he said, Gene, you can't trust a person that is not loyal to God. 
He said, you can only trust a person as far as his loyalty is to the Lord. Not to the church. Not to the preacher. But loyalty to the Lord. I believe that with all my heart. You know why? Because we're all just flesh. Rotten, stinking, no good, dying flesh. We're having a lot of fun, aren't we? Notice the text now back in verse 26. And it's very important in the book of Galatians. It says, and don't miss these words. It says, uh, through faith. Notice. By faith in Christ Jesus. The all in this verse refers to a list of people mentioned in the next verse. Let's notice, if you would please, verse 28 mentioned the Jew and the Greek and the bond and the free and the male and female. Now, ladies, if you're going to quote that verse, quote it in its context. In... The local church. In the local church. Now I am not the one who wrote. Suffer not a woman to teach a man. In a local church. Or or some authority over a man. In the local church. Now you go to the bookstore and start buying those books. Written by universalists who does not believe in the local church, but believes in a true, invisible, great big conglomerate floating around out yonder that you don't have to tithe to and don't have to attend. You got to be careful what you read. Notice Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come of the Father but by me. I told an illustration years and years ago, and I was reading it today, and somebody just wrote it absolutely different than what I had read it years ago. So I really don't know who's telling the truth because I did not know Lawrence of Arabia. I I, I did not know him. Uh, Some of my folks knew him well. I'm lying. But Lawrence of Arabia was a, was an absolutely master at guerrilla warfare. And during the war, England was fighting with the Arabs and the Turks. And the Lawrence of Arabia masterly organized the sheiks of the desert. And if you want to know who taught those folks how to fight... It was an Englishman by the name of Lawrence of Arabia. And he so organized the sheiks and the tribes that they absolutely uh, harassed and held back the Turks until England had won the skirmish. At the end of the war, to show his gratitude, he invited 
the sheiks, the leaders of the tribes to him to come back to England and meet the queen. And they all came to England, met the queen, and he checked them into a great large hotel. And they were just amazed at uh, the conveniences that was available. So just before they were going to go back to Arabia, Lawrence of Arabia said, we'd like to reward you for your sacrifice to, to the cause. Is there anything in the world that I could get you that you'd like to take back to the desert? And they said, yes, one thing. And he asked what it was. And they said, we don't know what it is, but we can show you what it is. And they took the Lawrence of Arabia to their hotel room and took him into the bathroom and pointed at a faucet and said, we want some of those. We would like one of those faucets where you could have an unending supply of fresh water. They did not know that the water did not come from the faucet. It came through the faucet. And without a supply unseen, there was no water at all. Christianity has it all mixed up. If there's not something that's unseen that makes you and leads you and guides you, protects you, guards you, and keeps you, it's not Christianity at all. It's just a bunch of rules. It's just a bunch of religion. It's a faucet. It's not plugged in to a source. And I wonder just how many of God supposedly people. Really, it's just a faucet. With no supply at all. But just an empty shell. You see, the sons of God and the children of God is more than just a profession. It is a possession. You understand that? It's more than headlights and taillights and horns and foxtails from the radio aerial. It's something inside that makes the engine run. Uh, It's something on Wednesday night that starts creating a hunger down here. It's something that don't make us dodge Sunday services. It's something that makes us want to honor God regardless. And you say, well, preacher, you're preaching to me. Yeah, I know that. But notice verse 27, sons in Christ. Now let's let's have you ever heard of this baptism in the Holy Ghost? Have you ever heard that? Baptism in the Holy Ghost. Now there's some different words in the Greek 
for in, of, and into. I may be baptized in water, but I'm kind of hard to get baptized into water. So when people start throwing words at you, like baptism of the Holy Spirit, fill with the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, you you might ought to be careful with the verses that you read because most authors today, if you'll watch when you're reading, they'll misrepresent and they'll misinterpret a verse for their own convenience. Okay? Indwelt in the Spirit is not the same as being baptized in the Spirit. And indwelt in the Spirit is not the same thing as being filled with the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is not the same as baptism of the Spirit. And I bet a lot of you folks that was raised in other denominations might have been hornswoggled into thinking that all them verses means the same thing. But let me tell you something. It's not the same thing. Let me read for you now. And this is going to just blow your mind. It's just going to, are you ready for your mind to be blown? <laughs> kind of put your hands over your ears. That way it won't hurt your ear blow. When it blows your mind, it won't come out your ears. All right. You ready? Look at this. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, you can't tell me if you've even thought one iota when you read that verse. You didn't have a little bit of question about that. Baptized into a person? How do you get baptized into a person? It says baptized into Christ. Does it say that? Well, I'll tell you what, since we don't understand it, let's just revise that verse. Let's just make us a NIV, a B-U-L-L, a bad news for an update idiot or living letters or living lovers. Just, let's just change it since we don't know what it means. That's what everybody else does. See, correctly to interpret the Bible, you let the Bible interpret the Bible. You don't just say, well, I think I know that's what this means. Bang. And now we got a new Bible doctrine. Well, let's just see. It says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ. Okay. Look at the word baptized. 
Okay, we got baptized into Christ, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and water baptism, right? And if you go through there, you'll find six or seven more baptisms. Ephesians chapter number four said, when Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, there's one faith, one Lord, and one baptism. That's when Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. So if there's only one baptism, how many folk believe there's only one faith? Say amen. Now, there's not one faith, then what two? There's not a faith for the Muslims, not a faith for the Catholic, not a faith for the Baptist. There's one faith. Is that right? One Lord. How many folk believe that? One Spirit. How many believe that? One God overall. How many believe that? One baptism. Wait a minute. The Bible talks about several baptisms. But Paul said in Ephesians that there's one baptism. Now, either it's water or we better shut that sucker down and fill it with mud. Does that make decent sense to you? If that water baptism is not right, if that's not the one baptism, then we need to fill that thing with mud and find which baptism is right. So... I would assume if there's only one baptism today, since Jesus said, all power is given to me in heaven and earth, go therefore and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things which I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Since Jesus instituted water baptism, and there's only one baptism, what am I to conclude? You say, wait a minute, it's Holy Spirit baptism. Okay, I'll grant you that. Show me what's happened past Acts 2. Somebody jumped on me one time. I was at a laundromat doing laundry. Preacher, you couldn't afford a washer. I couldn't even afford wash powder. I waited until somebody turned their head and I stole their wash powder. I was in seminary. I was broke. We didn't have a washing dryer. I was washing and drying my clothes for seminary. And some Bible theologian saw me read my Bible. And he came over and said, have you been baptized in the Holy Ghost? I said, "Uh, well, I hope so, have you? He said, yes, sir. I said, who is with you? He said, what do you mean? I handed my Bible. I said, would you show me where it happened to anybody individually? He's still looking. You will be too. Now I've been indwelt by the Spirit. Are you glad of that? And I 
need to be filled with the Spirit, right? But I, if I'm filled with the Spirit and I'm indwelt with the Spirit, why do I need to be baptized in the Spirit? If I'm full of something, why do I need to be baptized in it? What's the purpose of me being baptized? Oh, power. Hey, wait a minute. If I'm full of the Spirit, I should have power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You see, I I just believe that maybe if Paul said there's one baptism, maybe I need to exclude all the others that is pre my water baptism. Now, if there's a baptism here, let's look at verse number 27 again. Oh, look what time it is. I need to shut up. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. The universalist greatest verse. I'm going to give it to you before we go home. And that way you can think about it for a week. 1 Corinthians 12. You know what universal means, don't you? Catholic. The word Catholic is universal. Here is the universal. Here are the folks who believe that when they get saved, they are baptized into the great big body of Christ. That way you don't have to go to church because you're already in The great big church. Now when you got saved. You became a child of God. You became a child of God. Now let me read this verse for you. The Bible says in verse 12. Of 1 Corinthians 12. For as the body is one. And hath many members. And all the members of that one body being many. Are one body. Don't miss this. So also is Christ. Now what kind of body is it talking about? Well let's look at verse number 14. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot. Oh foot, 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 foot. What kind of body has a foot? A human body has a foot. And the hand, it's same verse. What kind of body has a hand? Have you ever seen a universal hand? How about a universal foot? He's talking about a literal, visible, local body. And he's comparing that body... To another body. I wonder what that is. Let me read it for you. Colossians 1 and verse 18. Listen now listen. And he is the head of the body. The church. Church. You know who's the head of this church right here? It's Jesus Christ. This is his body. 
He has lots of different members. Has pretty members and other members. Has smart members and other members. Has young members and members that are not so young. But what I want you to see now is he's talking about a body, which is the local church. Now you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I mean, 12. And the Bible said, verse number 13, For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Okay? Whether we be Jew or Gentile, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Ninety-five percent of the Baptist preachers you ever hear in your life will say that's what happened when you got saved. That the Holy Spirit of God baptized you into the great big body of Christ. Universal. Can't find it. Don't have to tend it. But now what if I got in that baptistry by the same spirit that Jim got in that baptistry? And there's no use getting in that baptistry until you have been saved and are indwelt by the Spirit of God. You see, they did not have to drag me into the baptistry, kicking and screaming and cussing. And finally, put me under the water and I come out. Praise God. I got baptized because the Holy Spirit of God had come into my heart. And made me a new creature. And it was with that spirit and by that spirit I got into that baptistry. And when I was baptized, I was baptized into the body of Christ. Now that's a Baptist. That's Baptist by doctrine, not Baptist by practice. There are a lot of folks in Joshua that are Baptists by practice. There are not many Baptists by doctrine. 